and This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Will you receive the vaccine or will you be shot? Today we'd look at the vaccine wars and don't take too much from the question or statement that's made in the opening because there's a play on words. But today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a very unusual look at what is happening in our country as things continue to proceed on with the urging of every citizen to receive not just one, but two and even three shots now, and then one every year thereafter. What is this vaccine, and is it a vaccine at all? Vaccines help people develop immunity to a virus or other germ. A vaccine introduces a less harmful part of that germ into a person's body, and the body's immune system develops antibodies that fight that particular germ and keep the person from getting sick from it. Well, the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 has spikes of protein on each viral particle, and these spikes help the viruses attach to cells and cause disease. But both Pfizer and Moderna report that their so-called vaccines show approximately 95% efficacy at preventing both mild and severe symptoms of COVID-19. Notice very carefully the language. Their vaccines do not prevent the virus. They prevent only, they reduce the effects, the symptoms of the virus if you should get it. That is not immunity, friends. That is not immunity, contrary to popular opinion. So evidence suggests that natural immunity from COVID-19 may not last very long. But evidence also suggests that the so-called alleged immunity from vaccines doesn't last long either. In fact, if it did, you wouldn't have to have two shots. And then be told you have to have a third one. And then be told you're probably going to have to have one every year thereafter. Do you see the problem? So we're in vaccine wars. It's not just a matter of whether I'm going to receive what is now called a vaccine, very lightly, but whether or not it is what it claims to be. Now, apparently, some of our spiritual leaders, well-renowned people, two major Southern Baptist leaders have gotten into the mix. The first is Al Mohler. Al Mohler is the head of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, very well known and respected. And he's calling the jabs a successful example of mankind's God-ordained dominion over the earth. He said because tens of millions of Christians are presumably planning to forego the shot, he's trying to manipulate them, that is, Mohler's trying to manipulate them into complying using the Bible as a pro-pharma weapon. Moeller presents seven points, supposedly from the Bible, that demonstrate, according to him anyway, how God wants all believers to get jabbed with the experimental injections. And by the way, they are still experimental. Moeller writes, suggesting that people who believe in God have a biblical duty to get vaccinated whenever the government tells them they should. So apparently, according to that reasoning... 
then if the government tells you to receive what infamously, according to Revelation 13, is called the mark of the beast, you should get that too. Franklin Graham has gotten into the mix now. He said, I want people to know that COVID-19 can kill you. Now, he's the president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Samaritan's Purse. And he was interviewed on HBO, Axios on HBO. He said, but we have vaccine out there that could possibly save your life. And if you wait, it could be too late. So it appears that he's using language taken from the Bible about making a choice for salvation. But now he's importing that into the issue of whether or not you will take the so-called vaccine. And I use the word so-called for a reason, and you'll understand as we move on with the program. Graham's comments come after among reports indicating that white evangelical Christians are among one of the largest groups of people who resist getting a COVID vaccination, vaccination or shot. About 45% of white evangelicals said they would not get a COVID shot. Well, interestingly, a high percentage of the black population doesn't want to get the shot either. So where does that leave us? Well, we want to take a look at this in a very honest way here on Viewpoint Today. We've done a number of programs on this because it is a very serious issue. It's not just a matter of our health. It's a matter of how far do we go to submit to government edicts and is the government actually telling us the truth? That's where we go now as we listen to an interview Actually, it's a Zoom conference that was put on by five doctors in different specialties, all with specialties related to this particular issue. Now, it's not a very formal thing. It's a Zoom conference. They're thinking out loud. They're talking out loud. And you're going to need to listen very, very carefully to what they say. I hope you will do that. And then perhaps we'll interject some things from time to time, and finish up with something that may astound you at the end of the program. And I do mean astound you. It may affect your life. So here we go. Larry and I do this critically thinking on Thursday nights. We know that we're already available. And so we, everybody, we quickly did a bunch of text messages. Turn it off. Turn it off, Sherry. Sherry, turn it off. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, we're trying to uh, you know, put this whole thing together just this quickly. So everybody said yes. We, Michelle, God bless her, has been scrambling in the background trying to get you know Zoom things and links and emails sent out, everything all day long. And then Cookie's been you know who hasn't been feeling very well lately. Has you know came to the battle to do this with us tonight. And so that just without any further ado, I just wanted to say you know we. We really wanted to talk about this and bring together, you know, physicians who really have um, really have fought this through. We've chewed on it a lot. And I just want to start, Maureen, even before you start with the whole panel, the first thing I want to say that I think is really important is because I've been saying this for a while now in the interviews that I've been doing, that the three questions that have been coming up, and I think we'll address these three tonight and maybe some more, that I keep getting over and over again is, number one, the issue of, of um, shedding, number two, the issue of infertility, and number three, the question about the integrity of the blood supply. 
And I think that all of those will cover what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'll just start just briefly by saying that, um, you know, at the beginning, we started talking about this uh, in this whole concept of shedding. I said, this isn't shedding, you know, because we have always um, um, connected shedding with live viruses. Like if you've got the flu and you're coughing with something or the polio vaccine or the rubella vaccine or chickenpox vaccines, because those are live virus things. Those are what we think typically think about shedding. And since we've made a really big distinction between vaccines and COVID shots, because these COVID things are not vaccines, in my opinion, I think it's important for us to separate shedding goes with these over here. And what's happening over here is transmission. All right. Did you hear that, friends? Did you hear that? A difference between vaccines and shots. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Currently, there are three main types of COVID-19 vaccines. If you want to call them vaccines, the five doctors that we're going to be listening to have already decided they're not vaccines at all. But we're going to need to hear what they have to say and why they say they're not vaccines. First is the mRNA vaccine, containing material from the virus that causes COVID-19 that gives our cells instructions for how to make a protein that is unique to the virus. After our cells make copies of the protein, they destroy the genetic material from the vaccine. But what is that protein? And if we're, our bodies are making copies of it, are they going to continue to proliferate? And what will that new protein do in our systems? The next, protein subunit vaccines that include pieces or proteins of the virus that cause COVID-19 instead of the entire germ. Once vaccinated, our immune system recognizes that the proteins don't belong to the body and begins making T lymphocytes and antibodies. And then the third is vector vaccines, contain a weakened version of a live vaccine or virus that has genetic material from the virus that causes COVID-19 inserted in it. And that would prompt our bodies to build T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes that will remember how to fight that virus if we are infected in the future. The problem is, supposedly, these so-called vaccines are not introducing live virus. So what are they introducing? And are they really vaccines? Let's listen. Because something is being transmitted between people that we haven't clearly identified yet, and that's what the part of the discussion is going to be amongst all these physicians and people here tonight. What is it that's possibly being transmitted between the vaccinated person to an unvaccinated person? So I think, it, you know, you guys have heard me say this for decades. Thoughts are things, words have power, and definitions have meaning. 
And so if we talk about this being a transmission, that keeps COVID shots over here and shedding and vaccines over here. And I know we sort of blow this around today on the on the on our chat, and everybody sort of agreed with that. So I just kind of wanted to start from there. So if you start hearing us tonight talking about, you know, because the question about shedding, shedding, shedding keeps coming up. I want you to start changing your language from, you know, we changed immunization and immunize into vaccinate and vaccines because you're not getting any immunity from any of these shots. So we sort of erased that for a while ago. I think if we start changing Did it you to hear that, about friends? transmission, it may make a lot more sense of the things that we're going to talk about. So with that as a backdrop, Maureen. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you being on with us. And I so appreciate these expert physicians coming on to share their knowledge and theories, really, of what's happening, because I don't think anyone really knows. Uh, I think we're witnessing an unprecedented situation here. We're getting reports from thousands of women around the world. Uh, we're seeing things like women are bleeding for weeks. Um, some of them ha- are not getting their period. Some postmenopausal women are bleeding. Uh, some people are passing large clots. Women in pregnancy are developing clots. Women are experiencing miscarriages. Uh, some people are having bloody noses. Uh, children in proximity to those who've been vaccinated are developing bloody noses and clotting. There's bruising on the legs being reported, uh, blood clots in men. We're seeing things that uh, make no sense. And uh, all we can do is uh, open up discussion. Again, uh, we're seeing unprecedented censorship. So this forum is an incredible way to hear some expert theories on what's going on. So we have to discuss, we have to debate, we have to investigate, and we have to research. So um, I'd like to ask a few questions of the panelists, and I'm sure it'll just roll into a a very lively, amazing conversation. But um, before I do, I I mean, before you speak, if you could just give a few minutes of your background, because recently I've heard a couple of you being introduced, and it really didn't do justice to who you are. And the amazing uh, background that you bring to this subject. So if you could just introduce yourself prior to speaking uh, the first time, that would be wonderful. So I think the first question is on people's minds, women around the world, um, what do you think is happening? Do you think this is hormonal? Do you think um, the uterus is being, uh, is, is a targeted organ? Um, what, what exactly uh, do you think is going on in, in simple terms that all of us can understand? Um, I know this is a complex issue and there's many avenues we could pursue, but, um, just in, in, in your idea, Dr. Christian Northrup, uh, what do you think is happening to not only people who have been vaccinated developing these problems, but now, as Dr. Sherry said, in people who are in close proximity to those who've been vaccinated? We've never seen this before. So what do you think is happening? And you're muted. You're muted. Thank you. So I'm introducing myself first. I'm a board-certified OBGYN physician, went to Dartmouth Medical School, did my residency at Tufts New England Medical Center in Boston. I was a clinical assistant professor of OBGYN for 25 years at the University of Vermont College of Medicine. I'm, at the, I'm the author of three New York Times bestsellers, including 
um, this Bible of women's health called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, loaded with peer-reviewed literature and my experience on the front lines of mind-body medicine when it comes to women. <clears throat> For many, many years, I was on the Oprah Winfrey Show 10 times. I uh, did eight highly successful public television specials, which raised millions of dollars for public television. In 2013, I was one of the Reader's Digest 100 Most Trusted People in America. And now, in 2021, I am one of the 12 disinformation dozen, along with uh, Sherry, of um, those of us accused of 70% of the disinformation about vaccines on the Internet, which is an astounding fall from grace until you understand who is determining what grace is. Having studied the menstrual cycle, our connection with creativity, our connection with the moon, um, I am rather horrified at what's been going on around this. Now, I already knew this is a, a report here from LifeSite News. Uh, thousands of reports of menstrual irregularities and reproductive dysfunction following COVID vaccines. So the media has focused on blood clots, but then we had suddenly all of these women and a friend of mine today literally sent me a picture of what came out of her body. She's a woman in her uh, 30s. Entire decidual casts, they're called, um, meaning that the entire inside of the uterus just sloughs off. Decidua, meaning uh, like deciduous trees that shed their leaves. The menstrual cycle is one of the indices of health. So we know that a regular menstrual cycle that's every 25 to 30 days is considered one of the ways that we determine a woman's health. And when suddenly you have thousands of people all over the world, many of whom have not been vaccinated but have been around the, those who have, we begin to wonder. Now, we already know that polysorbate 80, which is included in these shots, uh, can adversely affect ovarian function and it shut down ovarian function in rats. We also know that many, many women have become infertile as a result of the Gardasil vaccine, which I spoke out about in 2006 on the Oprah Winfrey show. <clears throat> there are things called pheromones that are secreted by the apocrine sweat glands in the pubic area and under the armpits. Those regulate women's menstrual cycles. That's, the pheromones are why, we think, women have periods at the same time when they're all living together in close proximity. There are so many things that affect the menstrual cycle. But the reports that we are getting are not only uh, swelling of the genitals, um, erectile dysfunction in males, scrotum swelling, um, problems of this nature, breast irregularities, all of that. This is from the, the Yellow Card Voluntary Program in England. Um, but we don't have any database right at this very moment, a uh, formal database for these abnormalities that are occurring when you're simply around someone who's been, who's had this shot. So my feeling on this is that there's some kind of a bioweapon, some kind of a bioweapon that, uh, that the body is now secreting, transmitting, as it were, as you said, Sherry, 
from somebody who's had the shot. Because what here's what we know. This is not a normal immunization. It is, in fact, something that causes the body to make a synthetic protein against a SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. It is a synthetic protein that's never been seen, and the body begins to produce this as a factory. It doesn't shut off. I mean, I've had people say, well, you know, maybe in two weeks that will stop. There is no way this is going to stop because it's made your body into a factory for a synthetic protein that's never been seen before that theoretically can be in your um, saliva, urine, feces, sweat, seminal fluid, blood, um, flatus, maybe. And so when you're around a person, then I think this is coming out of their bodies and possibly adversely, adversely affecting the most delicate hormonal system. I mean, to get pregnant and stay pregnant is an enormously complex problem uh, system, and we know that that spike protein antibody cross-reacts with what's called syncytin 1 and 2, and those are proteins absolutely essential for the placenta, for fertilization, for maintaining a pregnancy. We now have women who are miscarrying. They are uh, unable to get pregnant. They're having heavy bleeding. We don't know why, but my feeling about this is that something is being produced by the body of a vaccinated person that is possibly adversely affecting others, and it is uh, of great concern to me. Thank you, Dr. Northrup. And Dr. Madej and Dr. Merritt, um, I'd like to ask you the same questions, and uh, who would like to start? Dr. Madej, would you like to start anything added to Dr. Northrup? Um, I'm Dr. Carrie Made. I'm an internal medicine physician and an osteopath as well, practicing for the last 20 years, medical director, teaching uh, medical students and attending different meetings where um, the agenda for humanity was discussed. So I speak out about those things. Um, let's see. I Yes, I have some opinions here. So I absolutely believe, just like Dr. Northrup does, that something is happening with these people that are getting these injections. I I have a slightly different feeling about it because at least with the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, one of the key components is the nanolipid particles, which are brand new technology on humanity. They're using a nanotechnology, which is pretty much um, little tiny computer bits. They actually can be nanobots, or another word is hydrogel. There's all different kinds of terms and names for the very same structure. But inside of those two vaccines is this uh, this sci-fi kind of substance. So that has concerned me from the very beginning because that substance can do many different things. In this particular um, instance, what the drug manufacturers are telling us, they're saying they're using that substance because the body is very intelligent. It knows when something is not from nature. It would destroy the synthetic code that's being injected into the person right away. So they had to figure out a way to trick our bodies into accepting a synthetic code they came up with this nanolipid particle that surrounds it. And so they're using it, their reasoning is it's an on-demand drug delivery system. So it allows the body and it suppresses our immune checkpoints to get into the cell. Now, 
they've never said what happens after the drug is delivered because we know this substance can last for many, many years, who knows how long in the body. And it serves many purposes. First of all, it's on demand. It can be triggered at any moment to deliver the payload. Number two, very importantly, it can be used for biosensors in the body. Um, because it is um, something synthetic, it actually has the ability to accumulate data from your body, like your breathing, your respirations, thoughts, emotions, all kinds of things. So it has been proposed to use this substance for that. Why am I bringing this up? Well, we want to find out why she's bringing it up after this break. When they talk about bio-warfare, they're not talking about government coming after our bodies. They're talking about setting our bodies up to fight against themselves. Hmm. The vaccine wars take on a whole new realm, don't they? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home today. And uh, we're taking a look at the vaccine wars. As we have already learned from these doctors that we've been listening to, it's not a vaccine at all. They're shots, but they're not vaccines. Not as vaccines have been historically understood. In fact, they're not even designed to prevent or create immunity but actually only to prevent or reduce symptoms, not to prevent the virus. So if you knew that they were not really vaccines and were not designed to produce immunity, would you get the shot? Would you be shot with the shot? And if you understood that there are things going on that are not being disclosed in the news, but that medical doctors who are deeply concerned about this are aware of and are now discussing with us, would that make a difference if it seemed that perhaps something was happening through this experimental system of four different shots that somehow... It was setting up a system where your body becomes a weapon against itself, a bioweapon. Interesting questions. And so we continue listening to the doctors. Well, this substance actually, because it's, um, it's like little bits of computers in your body, it's crazy, but it's true, it can do that. 
It obviously has the ability to act through Wi-Fi. It can transmit and receive energy or messages or frequencies or impulses. That issue has never been addressed by these companies. Well, what does that do to the human, right? This is the first time they've done it large scale. We know it happens to small groups of military people. They've studied that. But just imagine you're getting this new substance in you, and it can react to things all around you, the 5G, the um, your smart device, your, your phones. Um, what, what's happening with that? What, what if something's triggering it, too, like an impulse, a frequency? We have something completely foreign in the human body that has never been launched large scale. And happens at this time, right? We are now seeing more 5G cell towers going in. The school systems, the, the cruises, the hospitals, et cetera, are putting more and more of this EMF frequency out. And so I believe, my personal belief, is that there's something to do with the EMF, the frequency that's being emitted. Because if these people have this inside of them, wow, this can act like an antenna and actually transmit it outwardly as well. So it's, it's a theory of mine, but if you look up the research on the substance, which you'll usually find under hydrogel, it produces its own voltage, which is an EMF, many times more. So we know it will produce that kind of effect. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that I learned by patterns. And I noticed a pattern since um, coming back to Georgia in January. And some of the patients I've seen, I saw a new pattern. And I, after a long uh, a series of deductive reasoning, I actually came up with why were they not successfully healing from XYZ, even in male patients that I have. It was radiation or, or at least EMF toxicity. And sure enough, if you measure, we were measuring all of our phones and I was floored with the EMF that was coming off. Electromagnetic it was frequency. It was over the range that could not even be calculated with a number just by a couple clicks on our phones. This is much more than when I measured last year. This was unbelievable. It was coming from all of our phones. And imagine that amount because if you look at what EMF does to a human, so they've done studies of just a man putting a laptop on his lap. And after 15 minutes, his sperm count will decrease by 50%. How they did that study, I don't know, but that was the result of it. Also, a person, a young, healthy teenager, putting a cell phone up to their ear. We draw their blood before they use the cell phone. Beautiful red blood cells swimming around. After 40 minutes of the phone to their ear, and this was with an older phone, not the newer ones, all the red blood cells go into string-like patterns. They're called rouleau formation. These strings are so long and sticky, of course, they make it prone to clotting and blood problems, right? If this goes on for a matter of time. So this just being around this kind of abnormal frequency, which is not conducive to a human body, is destructive in many ways. We know that one of the first things affected will be the red blood cells. They're very sensitive to that. So my, what I've been seeing, at least in the greater Atlanta area, is that there's definitely something to do with radiation or EMF toxicity that has definitely gone up in the recent times. And I am concerned about what is happening inside these vaccines that has to do with that frequency as well. Well, okay. We are going to um, ask Dr. Merritt, and we are going to find some positive things in this insanity. We're going to have to 
get to the place where we can arm people with something they can do to protect themselves. And I know that's all going to be theor- theoretical also. Excuse me? We'll wrap up with the good, with what we could do. That's right. We'll wrap up with the good stuff. So, Dr. Merrick, tell us your ideas on all of this. Oh, you're, you're, you're muted. There you go. There we go. Now am I good? Perfect. Um, I'm actually an orthopedic surgeon. I did uh, my medical school at the University of Rochester, New York, and I did a spine fellowship there. So I'm really, you know, this is way out of my, I didn't expect to be in this fight. Um, I trained in the Navy, and I served on the Navy Research Advisory Committee where we looked at defense strategies for the Navy, technology, actually. And by law, they have to have a physician on it. I guess it's made me a little bit skeptical about lots of things. But when I look at this, I mean, I do think the point about the bioweapon is is pertinent, and uh, there's a lot to be said about that. That takes about an hour. But the, but the point I was thinking when we were talking about this earlier, about what people were seeing, you know, we're not just seeing bleeding problems. We're also seeing, I've had um, I've had these two stories that, did, that didn't involve, you know, menses or, or blood. They involved a, a, a woman who was a hairdresser, and everybody in her office got, everybody in her salon got vaccinated except her, and she kept getting sick for about two weeks after everybody else got vaccinated. But it was more like flu-like, COVID-like symptoms. And then the other one I just heard today from an orthopedic colleague is um, an older friend of his was given, he got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. He had three days of illness. His mother who lived with him was 88 years old. She did not get the vaccine, but she got COVID and died right then. So this brought up to me, I mean, I started thinking about mode of acquisition because I, I, when I first heard the thing about the people are asking about the well, you mentioned shedding. So I actually uh, I asked Judy Mikovits about that. And she didn't because I my problem with that is this isn't if we're talking about the spike protein, which is just part of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. One wouldn't think initially that a portion of a virus is going to be transmissible. Normally, viruses go out through your, you know, uh, the cells, you breathe them out, it's little virions squeak out and float around and infect people. But this isn't the whole virus. The spike protein is just part of it. So could it be airborne? I mean, that's one possibility. The other one is a serum-borne thing, but that doesn't explain things like this guy's mother. Um, and probably not a lot of the women that you're seeing. And then there's also fecal-oral transmission. I guess that could explain all of this. That's one way we could transmit maybe a whole virus. But again, we're not being, we're not being given a whole virus. This thing produces the pathogen head, the spike protein pathogen in your cells. And then the, but the, the other one I thought about is, you know, what's the definition of a prion? A prion is a misfolded protein. And what these spike, what the, the way they weaponized the spike protein essentially is they inserted a gene into the spike protein that, that allows it to have a furin cleavage. And so that can be changed conformationally to then bind with your ACE2 pathway. So what you're talking about is an artificial 3D confirmation, which sounds a lot like a prion to me. And those things are really, you know, that's a self-replicating protein that can be transmitted through uh, serum for sure. We don't know how else it's transmitted. And, but that, that, that also seems to be a little bit unlikely because it, would, it takes years usually to see prion disease. I'm just thinking this through. Now, I mean, Dr. Maddie talked about the, um, the stuff in the, in the vaccine. I think it's interesting to note they call that, they call that biolipid, that nano, 
particle lipid that they encase, encase the RNA. It's called Matrix M. Don't you love that name? But um, the other thing about that is, in terms of this bleeding, and in terms of, of, of your immune system, it turns out that the Matrix M also takes has the adjuvant. And by itself, it can tune up your immune system, even without a pathogen. And it has a, it has a, um, part of the adjuvant is from a bark in the South American tree. It's called the Quilarja saponaria or something. And they're called saponins. And I bring this up because when I look back at the original research of them trying to develop Matrix M, they talk about the problem of bleeding. It strips uh, erythrocytes of their hemoglobin. It changes the conformation of the erythrocytes, which that's what Dr. Mate just said. It also, um, it also damages the endothelium, and uh, there's one more thing it does to the blood. But it, when it causes uh, something to do with antibody uh, adhesions to, to, to cellular, oh, no, I know, it, it, it causes lymphocyte uh, destruction. So there's a lot of this thing, there's a lot of parts, moving parts in this vaccine that could be, you know, that could be the issue. And I think what, what needs to be said here is that, what, you know, like any good, crime you know we're trying to sort out we first we need to figure out how it was done and i really think transmission is the issue and i i am starting to think the spike protein itself can be transmitted because the other thing i looked at just from people that have been having the vaccine i just looked and did my own little study that i couldn't get published yet but it's going in i guess um i looked for bleeding words that were about bleeding and i looked for thrombocytopenia in the bears and in a two-month period in the bears, there were, just using the terms I used, I pulled out 358 cases. And when you read them, you're hearing exactly what you guys are talking about. Abnormal menses, um, clots, large amounts of bleeding, unusual menses, and then all sorts of bleeding problems. Brain bleeds, GI bleeds, bleeds from old scars. Sounds an awful lot like bio-warfare, doesn't it? where your body itself is at war with itself through this protein that's being inserted, an artificial protein. Are you beginning to think there might be a problem here? We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The vaccine wars, or are they vaccines at all? Are they merely a shot? And are they a shot in the dark? Are they actually becoming a bioweapon 
against your own body, and nobody seems to know, because they're still experimental. We move to the next doctor, the only male doctor in the mix. What do you think is happening with the children? Um, thank you, Maureen, and, and thank you, everyone, for your participation. Um, I, I want to start with some pretty bold statements. Uh, that's very unlike me, right? That's okay. Um, anyway, first of all, this is not a vaccine. This is not a vaccine. This is not a vaccine. A vaccine thank you is for the saying that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Yeah. This is not a vaccine. A vaccine is supposed to protect us against a bacterial or viral infection. There is nothing in any of these shots that is designed to protect us against a, a virus infection. The authorities say it. The patents describe it. Everyone who is involved in the making of these injections with their intention, it was never, ever made to protect us against a viral infection. As soon as we start to realize that that is not what this is, we realize that everything after that is a complete and utter lie. Yeah. And so this is not a vaccine. It is not designed to protect us against a SARS-CoV-2 viral infection. Therefore, it cannot stop the transmission of a SARS-CoV-2 virus because what's in the shot is not meant to protect us against a SARS-CoV-2 viral infection. Now, when we look at the literature from 2020, and we see that people were getting illnesses of blood disorders, lack of oxygen, hypoxia, lung disease, um, clotting disease, strokes, hypertension, hypotension, loss of taste, loss of smell, neurological issues, COVID toads, this was not a viral illness. This was the clinical presentation of a poisoning of the blood. And all of the literature shows that the spike protein of this so-called virus was responsible for causing all of these symptoms, the brain problems, the neurological problems, heart disease, clotting factors, um, uh, loss of oxygen, and, um, loss of taste, loss of smell, hypertension, hypotension. This spike protein was responsible for causing the disease that we saw. Ladies and gentlemen, this spike protein is not a naturally occurring thing. It is a man-made weapon. It is not a virus. This is part of maybe attached to a virus and attached to who knows what else that started the ball rolling with people getting sick. This was never an influenza-like disease. It was never a flu-like illness. It was straight up a poisoning of the blood. This spike protein could attach to receptors all over the body. The brain, the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the intestines, the sperm, and the female reproductive system. So they found in the naturally occurring COVID set of symptoms... This spike protein was responsible for what made people sick. So why in God's name are we okay with injecting something into the body that's going to cause all of us to
to make spike protein. The very part of the so-called weapon that was creating the illness and the group of symptoms in the first place. This is not a vaccine. Now, if your body is being given the genetic material to make a synthetic spike protein, we have absolutely no idea what the body does when the genetic instructions get into the cells and start making spike protein. In fact, in our critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P, Dr. Tenpenny has specifically found the possibility that there are other pieces of mRNA that may be in some of these shots. So when people say, is something shedding? We really don't have any idea what's in this thing or these things. We think, we think, we think it's spike protein. But we generally have no idea. But if we go on the fact that spike protein is being manufactured in the factory by the cells of the human body, and that we know that maybe if our own messenger RNA was in our cells, we would turn it off ourselves. But we have no experience using an injected synthetic messenger RNA genetic instructions as to whether or not our bodies are going to turn that on or turn it off as we start the factory of making the spike protein. And so there is no evidence, zero evidence, no scientific studies as to whether or not that spike protein turns on and stays on or ever turns off. And we have no evidence if that body who's getting injected is making the spike protein, is exhaling it in particles through the lungs, spitting it out through saliva, urinating it out through urine, sweating it out through skin, or uh, putting it out through gas or stool. We have no idea. But what we have is a massive, brilliant propaganda of genocide because they don't have to inject everyone to get the results that they're looking for. Because now we see that those people who are getting injected are actually the lepers, are actually the pariahs, and are actually making healthy people who have never been injected get COVID symptoms, bleeding, which was part of the COVID illness itself, miscarriages, and death. This is not a vaccine. Please stop calling it a vaccine. As Dr. Made said, the lipid nanoparticles have never been used in injections before. They are capable of passing any material that it's attached to into the brain, the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the liver, the sperm, and the female reproductive systems. We are, we are in a crapshoot. This is Russian roulette. We have no answers about what is being transmitted, how it's being transmitted, and we should be up in arms. That's why I said the genie is out of the bottle. Women, as the only guy on this panel, and working with mothers most of my life, women are more in touch with what's going on with their bodies than anybody else. Sorry, guys. They are. And this is, this is, this is genocide. This is. 
All right. I didn't say it. These are five doctors that are desperately concerned. They're not playing a politically correct game. They're looking beyond all of the sales points of politics, and they're looking at the reality that is occurring in front of their eyes, and they're deeply concerned. Are you? Are you? Now you can understand why I chose this term, the vaccine wars. What kind of a war is this anyway? We don't really know. We don't really know. And why is it that China now wants to give everyone a barcode in the world to launch this global tracking system through the vaccine all over the world? Using the term lightly, of course, or loosely, vaccine. Now, why is it that we had two well-known, highly respected, and tested medications that would have been efficacious for all of these circumstances. Foxacoroquine and ivermectin. Here is what researchers say about ivermectin. Researchers in a study just published in the American Journal of Therapeutics announced Ivermectin should be globally and systematically deployed in the prevention and treatment of COVID-19. They found that ivermectin is effective for every possible application against this disease, reporting that it increases survival rate, shortens time of to, to recover, regardless of what stage of the illness it is administered in, and if taken as a preventative beforehand, it reduces the likelihood of contracting the virus in the first place. The authors also noted ivermectin's long-standing safety record, low-cost, and wide availability, and therein lies the problem. Low cost. You see, money and the love of money is the root of all evil, Jesus said. Money may, may make the world go round. Love makes the world go around at all, always. But there are a lot other Forces that are involved other than love or the righteous use of money. Especially when government decides that it wants to introduce a great reset. To turn the entire world into a one world government. That would of necessity bring every man, every woman, every child, Christian or otherwise, under the supreme rulership of government, where every man, woman, and child would have to submit over long periods of time to prepare the way in their own minds and hearts to submit to even more onerous requirements so that ultimately you will own nothing. That's what Klaus Schwab said. He's the founder of the World Economic Forum, and he is also the one who coined the term Build Back Better. The very term that Joe Biden decided to use as his campaign slogan, which actually was the campaign slogan for the introduction of a one-world government. Klaus Schwab said, 
by 2030, you will own nothing, and you will be happy about it. In other words, the effort is to turn your trust to government and its demands rather than God and his requirements. This is a kind of war, friends, but at root, it's not a medical war. It's not a military war. It is a spiritual war. It is a war to seduce every man, woman, and child to submit to the unrighteous rule of unrighteous governors who do not have the well-being of the people in mind, but will use their allegations of that well-being and well-meaning so as to seduce the people for ever-increasing submission. And now, we're at the point where people are rising up. Many are rising up and saying, look, this has gone way too far. We're not going to continue to submit to this. We've been doing this for over a year now. And governing agencies are beginning to feel the pressure. And that's why the CDC just came out with its so-called change and loosening up, saying, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. You don't have to socially distance anymore. Except. Except what? If you get the vaccine. But the doctors say it's not a vaccine. It's some kind of a device to cause your own system to wage war against itself. At the spiritual level, that's exactly how Satan works. To get us to war against ourselves, it's called the batter of the flesh against the spirit. Where are your battles raging right now? Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. I hope this has been helpful, instructive, and uh, I urge you to become a partner with us as we prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour, confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home. God bless. Let's use discretion and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.